0: This is Thursday, November 9th, and one of the surprises of the last years of my mother's life was the discovery of her parents' story, and that really was her story as well. One evening after dinner, my mom sat with her lone surviving uncle. He peeled back the layers of an onion, revealing the nugget in a gold mine of truth, he provided the missing piece of the puzzle that made sense of so much of her life. She discovered how her parents came to be married, how she came to be. The family stories are powerful because often the secrets explain the course of our lives lived. And this was true for her family. It was also true for the story of Jesus. Here's our text for today, Matthew one eighteen. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. We read that and think, Houston, we have a problem. You're not kidding. How could the story of Jesus begin with an unmarried woman carrying a baby? Of course, this doesn't shock us today. Forty percent of babies in America are born this way. But in Israel, this was deep scandal. Mary would be disgraced along with her family and her whole community. I remember years ago meeting an elderly man in Europe who explained that when he divorced his wife, his parents required him to visit every home in his village and make an apology. You see, this had never happened in their village. This didn't happen in their village. And this was true of my mother's story. Her mother was found to be pregnant before she was married to her father. And when she discovered she was pregnant, he swung by her house to pick her up and they eloped. They married right away so the disgrace could be avoided. But as I think of and read of the story of Mary, it happened that she and Joseph would travel to Bethlehem where Jesus would be born. Is this the way the Lord protected them from shame and disgrace? But there was more to the story. The opening verses of Matthew tell us the lineage of Jesus. The striking feature of this abbreviated family tree is the mention of four women. This would never happen in an ancient family tree. Now, the first was named Tamar and was of Aramean descent. When her husband died and left her childless, and his brother married her and also died leaving her childless, she had an immense problem. Her father-in-law, his name was Judah, didn't want her to marry, so she concocted a plan to have sex with him so that she might have a baby. Now, this was important for her because having a baby meant she'd have a future. Her plan succeeded, and ultimately the truth came out about her plan and who the real father was. This is one of those family stories we'd rather keep under wraps. But Matthew puts it front and center by mentioning her name and the genealogy of Jesus. The second woman is Rahab, the famous prostitute of Jericho. She understood God's plan to bring his people into the land and by faith in the Lord, she risked her life to protect the spies, and thereby she helped the plan succeed. Then, third, there's the Moabite woman named Ruth. We have a Bible book that bears her name. She clings to her Jewish mother-in-law, though again she's from Moab, after her husband dies, and she returns to Bethlehem with her. She pledges faithfulness no matter what, And in the end, she marries a kinsman redeemer of Naomi's family and bears the baby named Obed that was the grandfather of King David. And finally, the fourth woman in the story is Bathsheba. Matthew doesn't even use her name. He calls her the wife of Uriah. Now, Uriah was not just any man. He was one of King David's best friends. But David called for Bathsheba and one day slept with her. He had Uriah killed to keep it all a secret. But the Lord knew. Bathsheba became one of David's wives and was the mother of Solomon, the king after David. Okay, now that feels like a review of much of the Old Testament history. So why mention the women in a family tree that would normally be reserved for men alone? You see, God is showing how he works, not in the natural way, but by grace. The women reveal both sin and grace, strength and wisdom to seize God's plan and to live in it. Ruth is an amazing figure of faithfulness. Tamar, a strong woman that seeks justice when her father-in-law won't provide it. They open the door for us to see how God would work through mary young and strong and faithful to the calling she received from the lord she they show us the people that jesus has come to save the worst of sinners as well as the most gracious of saints now i do want to mention one thing before moving from my mom's along from my mom's story i think learning the truth behind her story provided her with more than information it struck her how God is the God of grace, and she could see this grace writ large in her life. What might have resulted in disgrace and shame and instead became a married couple that walked together in the grace of Jesus. It was a beautiful story, and this is the story that all of us are called to live, a redemption story. So as you read the lineage of Jesus, that family tree, the idea is you would see someone like yourself so that you might be able to see that Jesus has also come for you. Let's pray. Saving God, you take our stories filled with brokenness and sin and you redeem us. You take us from the pit. You raise us up. You give us a place to stand. Help us to see our lives as all of grace. Help us to see that your love transforms our shame into stories of redemption and life. For in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.